You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Presence and letting go of control. In this episode, Eckhart reflects on the power of presence and the accompanying state of stillness. He says, it's in those moments when we're not thinking that we experience pure awareness. Eckhart then answers questions about what presence is not. He says it's not about monitoring our inner state or exercising control over our thoughts or feelings. He believes we don't have to worry if we're living as an awakened person should. He urges listeners to learn to live in the now and experience life fully. Hello, everybody. You're all advanced practitioners of presence. So you're not afraid of stillness. Don't find it frightening or disturbing, but very comfortable and deeply peaceful. And that's our starting point is to become aware of an underlying stillness. This stillness is deeper than the conventional stillness, which is either the absence of sound or the absence of movement it's very still, there's no sound, or sit still, don't move. But this stillness is deeper, does not depend on whether there's any external sound or not. It doesn't depend either on whether you're actually sitting still or moving. It's something deeper. It's a dimension of consciousness in you, which cannot be defined conceptually or understood conceptually, but you can know it immediately within yourself and you know it when you're not thinking, <laughs> but fully aware. The world interprets not thinking as a, something negative, hence the word thoughtless. Thoughtless in English is not a positive term in the, in the conventional sense, but in the way which you're using it here, thoughtless is a positive thing. Now, thoughtless is a negative term as used conventionally, because it implies that you're very unconscious, that you're not, you're not even thinking, you're kind of falling below thought. You do things impulsively, uh, with no thought, controlled by all kinds of inner unconscious forces, emotions, and so on. But here, to be free of thought is to rise above thought, 
and the world doesn't know much about that yet. The possibility that you can be very alert, very present, but not thinking. There's a space of pure awareness. Doesn't matter how long it lasts, just now. The moment when you're not thinking, but you're not falling below thought, you're rising above thought. You're aware of an underlying stillness. And in that you don't know anything, and you don't need to know anything in conceptual terms. And this is a state out of which all knowing actually arises. All creative realizations, all creative activities, anything new comes into this world through having access to the non-conceptual stillness within. And then things come to you, the great insights come, a fresh way of looking at the world because you're not labeling everything compulsively. Even the room you're sitting in now, you can look around the room as if you hadn't been there before without any past. If you're not attaching any labels to anything, you can look around and like a newborn child but the newborn child hasn't arrived at thinking yet. We, it's pre-thought, prior to thought. We are post-thought. It's a different, it's a similar state, but much deeper. So it's becoming aware of that stillness. And that stillness is the essence of who you are. And to know the essence of who you are, you don't need to, rem don't need to remember who you are. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. It's memory. So to know yourself beyond memory and beyond anticipation of what you're going to be, that's an incredible liberation. It's a liberation from the burden of being a person. Everybody carries that burden of themselves, their selves, their, the burden of themselves. There's a heaviness to it, and every self is a problematic entity. How wonderful to be able to look at somebody without the interference of thinking. Thinking comes back as soon as you need it, it's fine. In fact, it becomes more powerful when you're able to think without losing your connectedness with a deeper dimension. So you're looking at me now. Is that a person right now, except when the words arise, I'm not thinking. So in between the words, there is a space of stillness, which is just pure awareness. And as you connect with me through the technology, but ultimately it all happens in consciousness. 
you may also be able to be in that state of not thinking, but just aware. So when you're looking at me and I'm not thinking, you're not looking at a person, you're sensing something that is deeper than the person. And how are you able to sense that? Because it is within you too. It is one with what you are perceiving there. So when I look at you, you look at me, I reflect back to you who you are in your essence. Not to anybody who cannot free themselves even for an instant, a few seconds from the stream of thinking. What I'm talking about is complete nonsense because they, can, they have no way of recognizing the truth of it. It's impossible. So if you're heavily, if you're in this bubble of thought, trapped in this bubble of thought, what I'm talking about now, anybody who is completely trapped in their bubble of thought, they will believe that I'm talking complete nonsense. <laughs> but if you realize it's not nonsense, if you can realize the truth of it, if only obscurely, but you, you know, you can sense it, perhaps just briefly, then that's it. Then you understand, but in a deeper sense than conceptual understanding. And that, that was the secret of the great philosopher Socrates, who was very prolific, enormously creative, the very beginning of Western thought. He didn't write anything, he just talked, but other people wrote it down. And he said, they call me wise. He said, they call me very wise. They call me the wisest of all people. Why do they call me the wisest of all people? Because I'm the only one who knows that he knows nothing. Now, not many people later on have understood what he's actually referring to. They thought he was just, it was just pretending not to know. No, he was referring to the state of pure awareness out of which all this philosophy came. The state of not knowing, not conceptual knowing. And it's, this is it. And this is what Zen Buddhism is all about. It's that state. This is ultimately what Tibetan Buddhism is all about. Tibetan Buddhism has a lot of cultural stuff around it. But at the heart of Tibetan Buddhism is Zen, which is the practice of pure awareness. If you find it difficult to enter that state just by choosing to, you can use a little bit of help by being aware of your breathing, for example. And then being aware of the awareness that is aware of your breathing. You're breathing in, you're breathing out. You're breathing in, breathing out. But you're also aware of that awareness of your breath. Or you can feel the inner body, the aliveness that pervades your entire body. It might start with your hands and your feet, your, the body is alive. So you can sense that aliveness. And then you can sense the awareness that is aware of that aliveness. And the aliveness and the awareness are one. Everything that you are aware of in that state of awareness is you're one with. 
the end of separation. If you only know conceptual reality, you're separate from everything and everybody. That's the realization of oneness. You hear that word awareness a lot in the culture. There's a lot of talk about becoming aware of, raising awareness of, and that's all fine. You have to raise awareness of all kinds of issues that otherwise people are not aware of, and that's fine. But it's always awareness of something. And that's as its place too. But here, this is something deeper. We're not raising awareness about something. <laughs> we are raising awareness about awareness itself. <laughs> and that's the shift in consciousness that, that happens inside you. In that instant, there's a shift. Let's see if there are any questions that have survived our meditative beginning. Hello, Eckhart. Your teachings have really helped me. My initial question is the following. So sometimes when I'm having like casual conversations with friends, I feel that practicing uh, presence while having these conversations is quite restrictive because I feel that um, most conversations are either about something that happened in the past or about something that is about to happen. And I'm wondering what do present and awakened people really talk about? Because most things are either about something that's going to happen or something that has happened. And sometimes when I'm having a conversation with a friend that is not coming out of presence, I feel that I shouldn't have it. And um, when I'm getting excited about a topic, I feel that I'm restricting myself by, um, I don't know, there is a voice in my head and, and I'm thinking, oh, you shouldn't be enthusiastic about this. It doesn't come out of present. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. I'm still for a moment to, to see what the answer is. You don't need to restrict yourself in any way uh, in your ordinary life. Just allow yourself to feel, if you feel enthusiastic, as you mentioned about something, maybe something that's happen happening here and now or something that's going to happen at some point in the future. You're looking forward to something. And then you think perhaps, oh, I shouldn't be looking forward too much because then I'm not present. Or if you feel enthusiastic about something that's happening around you, you said, oh, I shouldn't be because uh, I'm getting too attached to things. Perhaps that kind of thought arises in you. And then you would be exercising some kind, attempting to exercise some kind of control over your inner state. So there's a little controlling entity. That controlling entity is not presence. Controlling entity is something in your mind that to a limited extent has understood a bit about presence and then is attempting to control the way in which you experience life according to its limited knowledge of what presence is. But it's not presence itself. So it's your mind still interfering and saying, you're not, you, you shouldn't be experiencing this, you're not present enough. And that itself is, isn't presence either. It's just a thought that arises. <laughs> so the, the presence is a simple 
witnessing faculty. You, you, you observe that when you're very enthusiastic about something, in addition to being enthusiastic about something, it's perfectly fine to know that you are enthusiastic about it without denying it in any way. But then that the dimension of depth to whatever you're experiencing, in whatever way you're experiencing, whatever you're experiencing, by being aware that this is what you're experiencing without censorship, uh, without believing that I'm. this is not how an awakened person would act or anything like that, that is not helpful at all. You might be very surprised how an awakened person, an awakened person, uh, you probably wouldn't even, uh, not normally, uh, wouldn't even recognize because he or she would seem so ordinary in the way in which they, uh, even having an ordinary conversation with people, being able to be completely ordinary is part of being present. So you, you don't have this sense of you become a very special person when you're present. You, you, you are more, a more ordinary person, a more simple person in some ways when you're present, because you do no longer live through a conceptual sense of self. The censorship that you have in your mind still sometimes going on uh, is part of a sense of self. It's part of a conceptual sense of self. So uh, that is not helpful. So allow yourself to experience whatever it is that you're experiencing. So allow yourself to experience whatever it is you're experiencing. If possible, be aware of what it is you're experiencing. So if you're being uh, very much intensely anticipating a future event, for example, then be aware of that intensity in you that it's all oh, excitement suddenly arises so about something that's going to happen. And so instead of telling yourself or believing, oh, I shouldn't, I must hold back because I'm losing presence. No, be excited. But if possible, know that you are excited. Be, be aware of your inner state at any given time, if that is possible. And it is possible. Not continuously, you would probably not be able to sustain that all the time, but as much as possible, know what it is that's going on inside you. So attachment to the ordinary things that's the everyday life, again, if you, it's not uh, helpful or even possible, it's not advisable either to attempt to get rid of attachments. If you think, oh, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't want that because I get attached. Maybe you see something nice in a shop or something, and you think, oh no, if I buy that, then I'm going to get attached. It will be part of my ego, and then you hold yourself back. But you probably think about it more for the next few hours or days about well, maybe you should you should buy it. <laughs> so you're creating often you create more of an inner problem when you hold yourself back from something rather than doing it. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. 
like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So the, the attachment is something that gradually diminishes the attachment to things, the attachment to conditions, the attachment to whatever it may be, some future, some future moment, the attachment to those things as more presence arises in you, the attachment gradually diminishes. And uh, in, so instead of attempting to get rid of the attachment to things, be as present as you can in any given moment, and then you'll find that gradually you're less attached to things. Gradually, yes, you're still able to enjoy things that you do around you and so on. That's true. But you, you will find that gradually this, this, the excitement, a kind of nervous excitement about things, that tends to gradually go away, but you, you don't make it go away. That doesn't work. So you don't impose some kind of control and I mustn't get excited about this. No, if you're excited, be excited and know that you're excited. And the more the knowing, as the knowing manifests more and more through you, the things that you're excited about become fewer. <laughs> so the things of this world, you're still able to enjoy them but it's no longer, they don't give you that high anymore. Ah, I've got it now. Because you cannot experience in high without some future point experiencing a corresponding low. So when you feel very high about something, yeah, I got it, I did. Oh, I'm so excited, I'm so excited about this. Or whatever, some future, oh, we're, going, we're going on vacation, we're flying to Hawaii, it's so wonderful. Or having something, you just, somebody has just given you something, or you just bought something and you feel, oh, wow, elated, just, uh, and then that cannot exist without a corresponding low that comes soon after or a little bit after, uh, sometimes very soon after, suddenly the very thing that made you excited, suddenly you it dis you're suddenly very disappointed. It lets you down, that's the expression. People do that too, you might have noticed. You get excited about someone you just met, fall in love. <laughs> fall in love is that attachment. It's not love, I'm talking about falling in love. It's that attachment, you get excited. Ah. And then a point will come when he or she, or whatever, lets you down. <laughs> you really let me down. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful expression? You were up there <laughs> and then he or she lets you down. <laughs> so it's not only people that do that to you, it's also situations and conditions that you encounter that bring you to a high. And then the situation that you encounter 
lets you down and you have a low. <laughs> and as you experience that in your life, the more you experience that, uh, and you only really, it's through awareness that you, you can experience that. There are people who reach old age without arriving at any kind of awareness. They are still trapped in the cycle of highs and lows of the excitement and then the disappointment. Excitement, disappointment, happiness, unhappiness. <laughs> it goes up and down. So some people, even in old age, don't, can, don't transcend it. So the, the more you experience this, the consciously, the more you realize then that the things of this, whatever the world can give you in whatever form, whatever you can experience in this world is fine. But as you become more present, you're no longer so extremely excited about it anymore. A, a good thing that comes that you don't, ah, you say, oh, it's very nice, it's lovely, that's fine. And then at some point, the good thing is no longer a good thing, or it leaves you and say, oh, well, that is, that's how the world goes. Whatever, as the Buddhists say, whatever arises, passes away. Gain and loss, gain and loss, the continuous cycle. And then in an organic way, things don't excite you that much anymore, which does not mean that you cannot enjoy them. You can still enjoy, be fully awakened and enjoy the things of this world. If something comes in, you can enjoy the experience of something without the attachment to it. Which the attachment is you derive your sense of self from it. it. It becomes incorporated into your sense of self. That goes away because your sense of self arises from a deeper place. So that's the, that's the shift. It's not something that you need to do. It happens organically as presence arises more fully through you. So just be there as the observer, the observing presence, whatever you experience. Don't attempt to limit yourself by thinking that this isn't how a, an awake person would act or anything like that. It's not necessary to do that. The main thing then to summarize, don't um, attempt to exercise some kind of control on the way in which you act in this world, control that is to do with how you think a present person would act. So allow yourself to have the experience that you have. And if you're attached to something, just know that you're attached. If you know that you're attached to something, there's already some freedom. The freedom is in the knowing. If you didn't know, not everybody who is attached knows that they're attached. They are really attached. There, there isn't the additional dimension of consciousness that is the witnessing presence that can witness their attachment. That's a huge difference. If there is a witnessing presence, then you're no longer 100% attached. You're already, you have one foot out already. And then the more you experience the disappointments in this world, <laughs> depends how many years people need, how many years of life they need to experience that whatever gives them a high will also give them a low. <laughs> 
So the more you experience that, the more um, open you will be to going beyond that limited way of experiencing the world, of being in this world. So I hope that helps, is helpful. Indeed, indeed. So enjoy whatever comes to you without losing yourself in it. So just be present with it. Don't censor yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Eckhart. Um, yeah. So my my question uh, revolves around uh, like fixing the the person. Um, so for quite some time now, I've just kind of been observing my mind and kind of playing out the the same patterns day after day after day, and I just sit there and I just continue to to observe them, and a lot of them are revolved around you know, fixing the person, you know, conditioning certain behavior patterns. And I mean, they're not really that quite detrimental. They don't wreak havoc in my life. They're just kind of these little trivial mundane things. Um, but they're given a lot of uh, importance or my mind says that they're important, um, especially to awakening, you know, and to, and to try to get rid of them. But I find that you know, any effort to change the person and to take responsibility for my life um, brings me more and more back into personhood. So it's, it's, it's something that I can't, it's, it's, it's challenging to escape uh, because I do have a family. I have my own business. So there's, there's lots of things that are going on, but at the same time, the self-will, the, the personal will is just kind of dropping away. And uh, so there's just a lot of uh, a lot of confusion about <clears throat> what to do. <laughs> there was a I don't know if he's still popular a psychologist, psychotherapist. He wrote quite a few books, and uh, Carl Rogers is the name, and um, he created his own school of psychotherapy. It's very simple, profound and simple. There's a lot of spirituality hidden in it uh, without explicitly talking about it. But one could summarize his approach to personal transformation and change, which is what your question is about. One could summarize his approach uh, saying he believed that, yeah, and he learned that through his own many years of practice with practicing psychotherapy with people, as long as you want to change something or change yourself or the psychotherapist wants to change the patient or the client, whatever they call him, it doesn't work. Change happens when you totally accept whatever it is that arises within yourself. In the case of the therapist and the client of the therapist, the therapist in a state of unconditional acceptance, he just listens. But what he doesn't say, but what is implied is you're totally present when you're with the therapist is with a person. Non-judgmental, totally non-judgmental, attaching no labels, unconditional acceptance of whatever. Uh, the most powerful agent for change then, and this is also implied in all, every form of spirituality, 
the most powerful way is not wanting to change yourself or wanting to rearrange who you are internally and so on, uh, but an acceptance of whatever it is that you're experiencing, the way in which you're experiencing this moment. Let's say, for example, there may be certain conditioned patterns in you that you would rather be without, I assume from your question. There are certain things that uh, maybe you can even give an example, the way in which you interact with people or in certain situations, there may be certain, or, or when you're alone, certain things that arise in your mind that you would rather be without that must be part of your question because uh, there, there are some, as you said, they are not gigantic things that make your life totally miserable. There is a succession of smaller things, as far as I can tell from your question. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just kind of showing up to life, <laughs> like just taking responsibility for your life. You know, not just taking a kind of a, a spiritual pursuit and kind of leaving everything to the side, but to kind of you know, as you kind of say, taking care of the, the human aspect as well as the being aspect. And so I don't, I'm not actually, I'm not bothered by them. I can see that these are, these are just mind patterns, energy forms. I mean, even like when I was a very quickly, like when I was young for 13 years, I felt like I was in a cloud of anxiety where I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't go to parties I couldn't interact I couldn't do anything and I recognized in that moment I, I had no 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 free will of my own I, I couldn't do anything and I feel like that now um, to a lesser degree but I'm just kind of observing everything and I feel like it's I guess for me it's it's a little bit it's a little bit it's a little bit scary <laughs> and disconcerting because I do have responsibilities but I also can recognize that I, I'm, I, I'm not really trying to change anything per se. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd read in his Argadada and he would talk about how, you know, our responsibility is only the, our attitude. That's the one thing that we can control. And so, you know, that's what I've been kind of bringing my attention to is how I'm, uh, how I'm uh, approaching these things, but even how I'm interacting with others. Um, so how I'm interacting with, say, you know, someone in my life that's causing friction, I'll often just go, well, there's nothing that they can do about it. Like they're not, they're not necessarily, it, they're not necessarily in control. You know, they're not fully aware of what they're doing, but at times if I continue that process, it can become very robotic and, you know, like even just practicing like, you know, self-inquiry, I find like can just be very kind of very stuck in the mind <laughs> you know it's very easy to ask who am I and so I guess part of it is just kind of getting out of that that stuckness of feeling like something should be changed something needs to happen and because it's just it's just been going on for so long and you know I've, I've listened to your teacher like I'll just pour over your teachings and you know another person that I listen to is Anthony DeMello and he talks about you know stop fixing yourself right? Stop giving any effort to fixing the person. <laughs> but, but at the same time, there's things in my life that need to get done that aren't getting done. So it's like, it's just, 
it's, it is what it is. Um, well, um, to the, on the level of the person, the, you can never achieve perfection. The, the level of the person is always unsatisfying. Uh, so you, if you're looking for satisfaction on the level of your personal sense of self, all the things that make up the person, the, all the conditioning, Improve. Yes, one can improve it to some extent, but there's always there remains always a strong element of dissatisfaction or unsatisfactoriness. With any any person is an unsatisfactory entity. <laughs> so on that level, there's no there's no solution. Uh, so and every person has its limitations on the personal. Every even if you meet the Buddhas, you will find on the level of the person. There will be certain limitations. He doesn't create unnecessary suffering for himself or others. That's absolutely true. But there will be certain limitations. I have limitations on the level of the person. There are things that I'm not good at dealing with um, to do with paperwork and things like that, all kinds of things. The, the, I have li- the person that I has limitations. So the, the answer is to be more deeply rooted in the presence so that you're not looking for some kind of answer on the level of the person. De- derive your sense of who you are from the presence rather than the conditioned entity in your mind. And then gradually the, the increasing presence to some extent affects the conditioned entity. Not it doesn't make it perfect, but it tends to remove major dysfunctions that is there, that are there, maybe there on the level of the person. So as presence begins to shine through, as I, you know my terminology that I use is the being and the human. As you are more aware of the being and derive your sense of who you are predominantly from the being, in the, not from the mind-created entity, the person, then gradually the being begins to also shine through. It's a bit like a lampshade. Let's say the the person is the lampshade and the being is the light bulb. (laughs) It's 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 just an analogy. Let's say the the being that you are is the light, the light bulb. The the shade of the lamp, the lampshade is the person that, and some lampshades are very, they they hardly let any light through. (laughs) And, this is just, of course, it's a very limited analogy. All analogies are. But here, gradually, the light gradually uh, uh, diminishes, diminishes the density of the, of the lampshade. But the lampshade will continue to uh, have certain patterns in it. You can't remove the patterns completely. That's fine. So the answer is not to be found on the level of whatever you do and so on, but be more deeply established in presence in everyday life, not as a separate, not just as a separate practice that you do when when you're alone or whatever, but as you go about your business, be be the be the have the have that sense of the background awareness while you deal with things, talk to people, or you're on the phone, or you're on whatever it is you do, have that sense of the background awareness, and then you do everything in the foreground. 
and that's and they're not separate. It's like a, the surface reality and the deeper reality, and so they they merge. That's the practice. So the practice is not trying to fix yourself in any way. The practice is to be to bring presence into as much as you can into every moment. Uh, and you, many times you may miss it. That's fine too. And then you become present again. That's the that's the practice. Don't expect perfection for on the human level. Big dysfunctions are removed by presence as presence. Smaller things remain often. Did you mention Misagadatta? You're reading yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Take him for example. I mean. He continued to smoke very harmful, strong cigarettes even after awakening. <laughs> yeah. So there was no, uh, there was no perfection. Uh, many other things probably on the level of the person. Yet the major dysfunctions that make life miserable for yourself and others, they go away. He didn't seem to be concerned about how long he was going to live. So he. Didn't he just smoked? It was a habit that stuck with him. It's hard for me to understand how an addiction like that could continue, but it is possible. I've, there have been cases of even one or two cases of people who seem quite awake, teachers who were still uh, actually even drank like a lot alcohol. I don't see. I mean, I enjoy a glass of wine or two with dinner, but I, I, don't, I can't get drunk. But who knows? This is not for me to judge anybody else. The world uh, moves in mysterious ways. And all I know is that major dysfunctions that uh, create suffering in this world for yourself and for others, they dissolve in presence. Certain other imperfections remain, they're, they're part of the human, they can't get rid of that. If you try to become perfect on the human level, that's horrible, uh, impossible. Also, you're subject to the polarities, good and bad, and so on, light and dark on the, on the human level. So don't aim for perfection, but through acceptance of whatever patterns uh, still operate in you, conditioned patterns, through acceptance, a lot of change happens, complete acceptance. So the, the question of wanting to change yourself doesn't arise anymore when there's complete acceptance. So you completely accept certain things that you observe in yourself. And then quite often change happens through that complete acceptance. Perhaps that's the next step in your practice. That's complete. Then the question arises even anymore. The question disappears from your mind how to fix yourself because you have seen that it doesn't work. <laughs> so you give up the idea of fixing, wanting to fix yourself. And you don't even question yourself, well, am I going to be stuck with this for the rest of my life or how much longer? That goes away too. <laughs> so good luck with your practice. Thank you, Eckhart. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening.